This is your girl Brain. If you're listening to this, you know what day it is and what's on the menu. Welcome to Thursdays Off of Tea, where I'm serving you the hottest takes on things from relationships to current events. So let's sit back, relax, and get on with the show. Hey y'all, what's up? It's your girl Brie with the tea and you already know what day it is and what is on the menu. Welcome to Thursday's R for Tea podcast. If you didn't know, you can find me on Instagram at Thursday's R for Tea pod, Twitter at Thurs R, the number four, Tea pod, Facebook, Thursday's R for Tea podcast, TikTok, Thursday's, I, I forgot what TikTok looks like, but you can find your girl anywhere posting snippets you know the vibes thank you for tuning in if you're new here if i didn't say before it's brie with the t it's brie with the t it's brie with the t okay i'm done i'm clearly on a high right now so sorry i'm not but you know what i mean so before i get started with today's episode i want to say thank you thank you thank you so as i'm recording this episode i already had three ig lives three so i had the my first one like three weeks ago that shit was lit turned up my one on monday was turned the fuck up shout out to the people that participated got me my little got me my little extra viewers i got a whole bunch of follows after monday so thank you if you're now joining in with the i gotta come up with a name for my not my fans i don't like calling out my fans I gotta come up with a name for my listeners like I gotta I'm gonna come up with a clever name for y'all but thank you for joining what is my club I guess I don't know I'm gonna figure it out but yes if you're new welcome if I didn't introduce myself for the first six times it's Brie with the T anyway so let me get started so there's nothing on what's on the menu this week honestly i could care less about what's going on in the media and i think i'm really like i think i'm a very weird social media person in that way like right now like i i know i'm supposed to give you all the tea but the mission statement of this podcast is to find relevant topics that people in their 20-somethings can relate to. So I'm not really trying to dish all the time. Like, all of this dishing has, you know, bigger bigger and better topics that you guys need to understand and we need to talk about. So I never want y'all to think that I'm like the Wendy Williams of podcasting. Yes, I am that. And then I also do want to talk about the topics that actually concern this community of the 20-somethings where you're too young to be millennial. But you feel too old to be a Gen Zer. Anyway, gotta make sure my makeup, you know. Okay, let's get started. Let's get started. Let's get started. Okay, so like I said, there's no what's on the menu this week. Nothing is really interesting. If I want to talk about Portia and this whole Fallon assignment, I'll do that next week. Anyway, so we're going to get right into it, our flavor of the day segment. Our flavor of the day today has everything to do with mental health. Like I said, today's flavor of the day is all things to do with mental health. So May is mental... May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so I thought it would be really important to talk about mental health and how it affects us in our younger 20s and what exactly it looks like. 
okay especially somebody like me who does struggle with mental health issues sometimes undiagnosed of course but I feel like that speaks to a bigger community of 20 something year olds who do have undiagnosed mental health issues whether it's a disorder an illness we don't know but it's undiagnosed so we wouldn't know but we just understand that there is something that isn't clicking within us okay okay let's get started okay so our mental health includes our emotional psychological and social well-being right it affects how we think feel and act it also helps determine how we handle stress relate to others and make choices so mental health is important at every stage of life from childhood and adolescence through adulthood so if you have if you think that there's something that isn't clicking or you do have mental health issues right now illnesses disorders like this is not something that grew into you overnight this is something that developed for years and was in you for years and i really want to destigmatize mental health because at the end of the day even the happiest people have their days you know especially the seemingly like very much so happy people i also do want to give a trigger warning i'm going to put it in the description that there will be talks of um suicide later on in the show i'll do the trigger warning again but like you have um people like robin williams you guys everybody assumed that because he was funny like and he had money that he was living his absolute best life and mental health is bigger than that mental health takes lives I don't even know statistically how much more than like let's say an actual weapon would you know so I think it's really important that I talk about it I think it's really important that I get serious about it and then we can laugh later we can laugh through it you know laugh through the pain laugh at my pain but right now I really just want to focus because mental health is very important because mental health intersects with everything that we do in our daily lives mental health affects the way that I go to school mental health affects the way Oh, I have a quick story time about mental health later, but let's get on with this. Let's get on with the show. Okay, so um, your mental health can actually affect your physical health. So whether that is you having like a binge eating disorder that comes from the mental body dysmorphia is another example of you seeing something that other people don't see so like you would see yourself as much much bigger than actual people see you that's what body dysmorphia is there are many many examples of what how actually mental health can affect your physicality and your physical being and you know what we'll get there okay so I'm no expert, and I have to say that now. I'm just a 20-something-year-old girl who something isn't clicking up here as well. If we're going to talk about mental health, something isn't clicking up here. It isn't. And I'm perfectly I'm perfectly okay with admitting that. You should be too. So that's why I'm doing this episode, because sometimes there's a lot of us, maybe even listening to that, listening to this, who feel like something isn't clicking. But they don't know what and they won't go look i encourage you to go find out but right now i'm in this stage of my life where i just can't find out right now i just know something not right okay so there are two kinds of mental health conditions anxiety disorders and mood disorders so 
there's a stigma around mental health and I think I'm going to talk about a lot of the stigmas, especially that intersect to make me. I am a black plus sized woman who also identifies as Haitian American. So all of these intersections that I just listed, all my mental health can affect these intersections and my mental health all play a role. So I have to be more specific. Let me explain it again. All of these intersections, different intersections, have a different viewpoint on mental health. And that all intersects. So imagine having like a bunch of intersections like me. And mental health affects each and every one of these communities. And there's a stigma in each and every one of these communities. So now you're dealing with four types of stigmas. I hope that's the right math. Okay. So... I'm going to go through the first one in the list. So I said I also identify as Haitian American. So I'm Caribbean, right? Mental health in the Caribbean community. I've heard sayings like when you tell your parents you're depressed and they say, well, go depress them dishes or you have nothing to be depressed about. Do not call me for my fake Jamaican accent. That was horrible. But you have I've heard many of times my friends tell me, you know, my parents told me I have nothing to be depressed about, you know, completely forgetting that depression is not something that you can control. We don't choose to be depressed. We don't choose to feel like shit on any given day. If I could feel happy every day, I would do it. But we can. So being Caribbean American is especially hard, especially when you are battling mental health issues because they look at you and they see weakness just because you have struggled with mental health issues. I don't like that. Not one bit. So now let's talk about me being plus size, right? So a lot of women who are plus size, I was talk about me. Let me not generalize it. So I, for one, have struggled with low self-esteem. I've struggled with moods that look like depressive moods because of my weight a direct it, to me it's a direct link because those are the thoughts that come to my mind why am I not good enough why do I feel like shit today like what is it about me that isn't enough all of those things intersects with my weight so I feel like the stigma that goes with that is you know why be depressed if you could just lose weight And I know I just covered this in my fat phobia episode, but I want you, I don't think I did say this, but all fat people aren't fat because they ate. Excuse me. Um, you can simply just be fat because you just grew up fat. Had nothing to do with what you eat. That some, of the, some healthy eaters are fat. Look at Lizzo. Lizzo is a vegan. And I'm not saying vegan directly makes you lose weight. But you, she showed before and after pictures. She's lost a lot of body mass. But she hasn't been losing pounds. Or she hasn't been losing noticeable, like drastic weight loss. You know what I'm saying? But you do know she follows a healthier lifestyle because she is vegan. So imagine when people automatically assume that fat people are just fat because they want to eat too much has nothing to do with maybe a thyroid issue um pcos it has nothing to do with that it's always you're fat because you ate too much so if you don't want to be sad anymore just lose weight 
I'm so sorry. To all my fellow fat people on this. Like, I really apologize if you ever had to go through that. But you know your story. You know your body. You know the reason why you are the way you are. So there's no reason why. Don't feel ashamed. Your weight, nothing to do with it. If you don't want to lose weight, don't. That's my biggest advice to a lot of bigger women who are contemplating losing weight. If you don't truly want to lose weight, and I've learned this for myself, if I really don't want to lose weight for myself, if I'm doing it because it's a trend, if I'm doing it because it's a thing, then I shouldn't be losing weight at that point because it's not going to be for me and the effects are going to be the posts of it like so let's say i'm on a diet i'm not doing it for myself i'm just doing it because like all my friends want to do it after everybody gives up on the diet i'm going to gain back that weight if not more make sure you're doing it for yourself make sure you're doing it to better your mental health you know what i'm saying so the next one the most the this intersection obviously i may identify as haitian american but i am visibly bat black to the NYPD community and all other police forces, especially Highway Patrol. Okay, so I'm black, and there is a notable stigma in the black community about mental health. And I talked about it in being Caribbean American. I just don't like how black people and Caribbeans don't notice like how much they have in common. And Caribbeans cannot stand them Yankees. Americans. They cannot stand Americans. I can't stand Americans. So I'm just talking to myself. But literally, there is, they have very similar stigmas. But I want to talk about what about being black can affect your mental health. So we're growing up, obviously, and racism still exists. This is not a post-racial society. Don't ever try to coddle me and make me think that this is a post-racial society. You must think I'm boo-boo the motherfucking fool. So we live in a racial society. It may be more implicit than it is explicit, but four years with one Cheeto made it very explicit for some seconds. They've been quiet a little bit. They can come back out. I got hands, but not the point. But yes, growing up and being a minority is honestly an intersection that really fucks with your mental health. Racism, inequality, all of these discriminatory practices can be internalized and are can be seen as traumatizing, especially if you've first-handedly experienced discriminatory practices like anybody who's probably survived uh police brutality you can only imagine how that affects their mental health anybody like um i don't want to bring it back to being caribbean but there was this case that my mom loves talk not loves talking about but we do mention it a lot especially last year throughout the protest of abder abner loima I'm Haitian, I cannot pronounce his name, but basically in a case, I don't know if it was mistaken identity, but he came out of a club and he was arrested and the police officer took a plunger and pardon my vulgarity, sodomized him with it. He's since settled with the city and is living in Florida based on what I read about him last year. And even if he settled, got money, living elsewhere 
he has to be in therapy right now. I feel like the first thing I would do with the money is get therapy. Great therapy. Because that will forever fuck with your mental health. And you will continue to relive it every time you see another case of, let's say, police brutality occur again. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just... Oh, that just made me sad again. Alright, so... With being black, there's an especially lack of access to actually get getting help. If you want to destigmatize it, if you do, if let's say we really do want to destigmatize mental health in the black community, there are literally little to minimal resources for black people to have access to things like therapy or any recovery measures. And it all starts with how much it costs in this capitalist society. Recovery in every single aspect costs fucking money. Instead of making these well-rounded individuals they are training you to be from early on in the elementary schools, they're really going to charge you to try to become that person. And <sighs> absolutely hate it here. Okay. So... Anyway, another stigma within this is that black people, if they do seek help, seeking help is seen as a sign of weakness. Nobody wants to, you find, somebody finds out in the community that you're going to therapy in some very much so stereotypical communities, they will clown you for it, talk down to you for it, all because you're seeking professional help. Um, listen, and then you have those um, black people who use um, faith as a crutch. I'm not saying religion is bad. Faith itself should be another, another stepping stone to recovery. It shouldn't be the be all and end all of your recovery that turns into toxic faith. There is no, like, toxic faith is really a thing. Understand if you are seeking help from professional you should not only turn to, that's what I'm saying, you should not only turn to religion to solve your issues. Faith is something to believe in. Faith is something to keep you warm. Understand that you are loved, if not by the humans on this earth, by a higher being. There is no reason why. I understand, like, you can't pray for depression to go away. It's mechanically wired up in here. You can't pray for that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And people really think that they do. You know, like toxic faith is really a thing in the black community. And I don't want to get started into it because I myself growing up, I tried to identify with every like I grew up Catholic. Um, when I got to high school, I tried identifying as agnostic, which means you believe in a higher being, but you're not in a specific denomination. Um, I tried to identify as spiritual. I'm just. I'm just with God right now how about that not toxic nothing like that i know he exists i pray to him all the time but church to me is an example of toxic faith and i simply just cannot see myself stepping foot in there anyway next so another problem with being black and seeking mental health um recovery is I, for one, 
am a firm believer in representation and representation mattering. It's very important to me. So I need someone who looks like me. I say this for everything. I've said this with doctors. I need people who look like me because when you don't, when you're seeking help from someone who doesn't look like you, there's a disconnect there that cannot be solved. It's not, it's nobody's fault. Um, sometimes you can still talk to them and still gain some sort of recovery, but I still feel like for me, particularly representation is such a big thing for me that I cannot I cannot seek help from somebody who doesn't look like me and who doesn't understand what I'm going through in my day-to-day life simple um so let's talk about my mental health okay let me stop so I am considered what is the funny friend. I've always been the funny friend of every group. It's very rare to find somebody funnier than me. So um, being the funny friend, I'm not saying that it takes a toll on me. It kind of does because sometimes you think that in order to hide your mental health problems you should be funny all the time and I don't give myself a chance to feel like I'm not the funny friend I don't give my chance a self I don't give myself a chance to just sit in my sadness like I do I try to but I still try to crack jokes that might be my coping mechanism but being the funny friend is just like I've often felt in like circles like I'm not awarded the right to be sad because I am the funny friend. Like sometimes I'm genuinely sad too. And I'm not awarded that right to be sad. And it's just, it's not in every circle. Like my best friends, like I get to be sad. All the time. But there have been other circles that I've seen myself in and like what's wrong with you today why are you not being yourself and like they're trying to push out and mind you sometimes I really genuinely would not know why it felt like I woke up on the wrong side of the bed I wouldn't know um and like I'm expected to put on the show at all times of being that friend and sometimes I'm not that friend I can't be that friend I cannot carry that load every single day I need some time I need some me time okay um, I'm also an overthinker in the weirdest way possible. Like, I think everybody's an overthinker, but I OD with it. Like, I have anxious thoughts that bother me on a daily basis. I can make a decision, and then the what if is gonna pop into my head in 0.01 milliseconds. That's how much I overthink. I overthink anybody, everything. I overthink anyone, everyone, and anything. I overthink every decision that I make. I overthink everything in my surroundings. I overthink everything, yo. Okay. Um, I also am known, like my friends know this, I have really like high highs, which means I'm having like great day, great attitude, I got a pep in my step, but then I also have really low 
lows like don't talk to me um i don't want to talk to anybody it's just me olivia benton and elliot stabler for the day um if that like all i want to do i won't answer messages i won't i won't talk to anybody because i just feel like absolute shit and one thing i don't like are friends anybody who doesn't allow you those days like never blow it you know what we'll talk about that in the tips i'm gonna leave this alone okay um i'm undiagnosed for anything despite my anxious thoughts protruding like i have yet to seek mental health um help mental help whatever i've yet to seek it um honestly like i said lately i've been having a real like problem with trying to find somebody who looks like me also accepts my insurance and also has no fucking copay and i'm almost aging out of my parents insurance so well i'm close to it what is it like 26 i guess but still too close so for me to finally like let's say it takes me another two years to find somebody who looks like me and is absolutely amazing and boom i age out and they don't accept my new insurance what am i gonna do you feel me so like i said i'm undiagnosed in anything that i do experience especially in my really low lows like really bad um like low self-esteem all of it like it be bussing bussing in my head you know what let me not laugh about this see what i'm telling y'all laughing is my coping mechanism and this has to be sick but so let's talk about my depressive episodes and what they look like so i basically fall off the face of the earth um i self-sabotage a lot um start fights or i get angry and very irritable at things that wouldn't really annoy me that much um, or I make them seem bigger than they are. I don't want to talk to anybody. I probably don't judge, you know, especially if you struggle with mental health. I barely want to shower because I have no intention of going out. I really just want to lay in bed and just be me. That's all I want to do. I don't want to talk to anybody. I want everybody to leave me the fuck alone. You feel me? Like... I've always struggled with this. I've always been like this since I was a kid. I do attribute it to me always being left alone. So my safe space is in my head. But in my head, like my head will sabotage everything else. And that's what I'm failing to learn now. You know what I'm saying? So I have to often like I know I have to relearn how to get the fuck out of my head and operate like a normal person. But yeah, so my depressive episodes really make me like usually feel like absolute shit about myself, about um, my work ethic. Anything that I was once proud of turns to shit in my head because of I don't know. See, just talking about this is making me sad. Let me stop. Okay okay so i want to talk about how to take care of yourself and your mental health actually let's talk about my, before i get to before i get there um this is why i said i wanted to do a story time on what my mental health looks like so let's talk about it so when i was 
it was my junior year of college um everybody knows in any time anytime you're in a four-year institution whether that's high school whether that's college you know they always tell you your junior year is the worst because that is the year that you are trying to either look at colleges look at grad schools you're trying to figure out where you're going with your career internships all that stuff so around this time i was in um I was a double major in education and secondary education and mathematics, right? So I enrolled in the beginning of the fall 2018 semester in four classes, five. So I had four, three or four math classes, three classes, three classes, three or four math classes, and then I had one education class. Um, so I walked into my math classes that semester and I had already discouraged myself all summer because one thing a black woman is not one field a black woman is not well represented in is definitely a STEM field. So I was like, yo, you're really going to be the only black person in your classes. Like you're not going to have anyone to identify with. Um, this is literally the semester after I had met Joe and Joe was in the same track as me. So we were two black people that we were the only two black people that I knew of that were on the same path, exact path in math. So, you know, I'm like already psyching myself out. I had no classes with Joe. We weren't close then. So I still needed someone, though. but we had no classes with each other. So walk into my classroom and my professor, all of my professors, well, I had a Jewish woman um maybe middle eastern older man for one class and then i had an older white man and another so all of these classes and then i had an older older white man so yeah i did have four math classes initially and then i had an older older white man that was one class that i had with joe i'm remembering as i'm telling this of course so taking these classes in the class that i had with the jewish woman that was the single-handedly hardest class i've ever taken it was transitioned into higher mathematics and I couldn't do the proofs to save my life. Math should be math. Leave the words out of it. Niggas started math so they wouldn't have to talk. Stop trying to add words to shit. I can't stand mathematicians. They just want to do too much. You could have left it at 2 plus 2. But not important. But yes, so her class was the hardest class I ever taken so I considered cheating and I attempted to cheat but because I was these classes at my school as you get into your track deeper and deeper they get smaller and smaller like the the picture that people painted to me of lecture halls that wasn't my major at all so in this class there was only 10 people and I was the only black girl in the class there was an Indian girl, um, there were Jewish boys. So my teacher, I never told anyone this, I never reported her, essentially targeted me. She knew I wasn't cut out for it. So every time I had an exam, she would turn her seat to face me. So if we're all sitting in straight lines going forward, she would turn her chair backwards faced it at my angle to stare at me directly and have all the Jewish boys behind her back and they were all cheating asking each other for answers but me I was the one that she watched and when I tell you that really fucked me up that semester I think towards November 
Like, I didn't want to wake up. Well, that's dark. Not that I didn't want to wake up. I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. I had no sense of purpose. I felt completely washed out of my, like, major track. I felt like absolute shit. I felt like I didn't belong. So why would I go? Let me stay in bed. So, um... I ended up dropping a class. Um, I ended that semester and I think I failed all of my classes. No, I failed one class. I failed two classes. Another guy gave me a D. I dropped one math class, but I passed my education class with an A+. Um, and that shit woke me up. But I wasn't... Like My advisor even offered to me to just drop all my classes and just chill. And I still said, no, I'm going to finish it, um, even though I had no intentions of, like, I didn't feel like I had the want and the need to finish. I felt, like, completely alienated just by being a black woman in this field. So, um, January of 2019, I ended up changing my major. I shifted it to a younger um, education group and then with a concentration in math, which meant 10 times less mathematics classes and more education and theory focused classes and I was the happiest I'd ever been literally my mood shifted hence why I'm graduating this semester you know what I'm saying like I like I tell people all the time like I didn't I always one of my goals growing up was to graduate by the age of 22 and God said you're gonna graduate by 22 but it's not gonna be the the point of 22 that you want my birthday's in July and I'm not grad I'm graduating in June at the age of twenty two, but I'm turning twenty-three. You know? So, you know that semester was exactly what my depressive episode looked like what my depressive episodes look like. But that was the longest it has ever lasted. Nobody asked me how I was doing. Nobody asked me if I was okay, if I was genuinely happy. I was just a moving figure of myself I was not myself that semester I haven't turned I turned into myself the following semester um yeah that's what one of my like though that was the longest term depressive episode that I've had and that was recent too so I've been doing well since then like well in my classes I've been super like motivated except for last semester last semester I had a peak of my depressive like that same depressive episode coming back I had a peak of it but it wasn't as severe um I guess because I had more time to hang out with friends so I didn't get the chance to feel it that bad don't know how to explain it anyway so here's how you can take care of yourself and your mental health according to mentalhealth.org okay one talk about your feelings internalizing your emotions is the shittiest thing to ever do ever okay Two, keep active exercise can boost your self-esteem as long as you do not focus on the number of the scale if that applies to you um that applies to me i look at that number on the scale obsessively it's okay i'm admitting it that's fine but me that's how i am um that's how i always been so it is what it is but do not obsess about that number on the scale i really hope that i could follow my own advice do not obsess about it I'm not saying it's not that deep, but in order to for exercise to truly help you and your mental health, you have to see the gym or however you exercise as a safe haven. And it isn't about your weight, it's just to feel better. 
So lately I've been going to the gym and I feel absolutely great. I've been better. Um, even though I still focus on the number on the scale, like being in the gym as hard as it is, like feels good. I love it. Um, like I said, keep active to be active, not to wait or body watch. Um, three, eat well. I love me some Popeyes, so well not Popeyes. I like junk food. Um, I'm a me I love Mexican food, so we'll, we could talk about eating well. You know, just every time you if you want to eat fast food, sometimes just order something else. Like I just got the chicken and jalapeno salad from Wendy's, and that shit was bussy bussy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, um, drink sensibly. Not hearing it. This summer, my liver is going to hate me. Sorry. Um. Just try not to drink all the time. Drink as much water as you drink alcohol. That's all I'm going to say. Um, keep in touch with people. Let people know that you're not feeling okay. Like That goes back to talking to your feelings. Um, don't self-sabotage. Self That's very important. You know, The people that are around you, if you pick them correctly, are there to support you all the time. And you never know. They probably went through something like it and can offer you really, really great advice. So keep them around. Um ask for help from anyone like i said family friends professionals take a fucking break dogs take a fucking break take a break hear me out take a damn break um i told this is an example um i start my career soon and i was not like my peers in my degree track right now all started grad school are all planning to start grad school right away and I understand the timing but I told myself a while ago if it takes me five years to get out of college the way it did just now I am NOT going to grad school immediately I need to enjoy being in my career first before I could start juggling all the rest of adulthood at once you feel me so understand that you do deserve a break and you should know when it is appropriate to give you one look at me I gave myself a hiatus for this podcast because I just genuinely did not feel like I was serving you guys properly and serving you guys good content so I needed a break it wasn't you guys it was me you know um do something you're good at um we could talk about it so I was on the dance team at my school and I was I'm not saying that I was really good but I invested a lot of my time there so for the equal amount of time that I was struggling in school or I was um in school slaving I was going to practice making choreography enjoying choreography dancing performing so that balance made school very enjoyable for me you know what I'm saying like I didn't have a problem doing homework till three o'clock in the morning because I was at practice you know dancing to me was my safe haven COVID took it away but fuck COVID um but it was literally that safe haven for me it was something that i needed to do so i encourage you if you do go back in person or if you are young if you ever plan on like going back to school whether it's for grad school get involved in extracurriculars go to an event do something you know what i'm saying network see people like don't just go to school to go to school enjoy the amenities that your school has to offer and that was the best advice that i ever got because i feel like my school especially does not highlight campus life as much as it should and it's not their fault it's just not seen as a school that has campus life but there is secret campus life that has this untapped potential that literally single-handedly saved my college career because if i had to go to school and come home every day i'd be fucking miserable And lastly, accept who you are. Accept your faults. Love yourself. Know that you are the way that you are. You were divinely created. 
and you are here with a purpose honey you are here with a purpose it's okay it's okay you just have to know who you are you have to you have to be okay with your shit you know what i'm saying i know me i know i'm the funny friend who also cannot handle being funny all the time who needs their sad days like i know exactly who i am and i'm learning to love myself every day it is not easy and don't ever make me make you think that i think it's easy because it is not it's hard to tell but i'm trying and that's all you need is to try um so here are some tips um what what should you do if your friends are going through an episode so this is coming from me having friends who do struggle sometimes and this is coming from me being that friend that struggles sometimes um for one respect their space um if they are asking that they need space or if they're acting like they need space just respect it it's above you it has nothing to do with you you know what i'm saying don't be that friend oh you need to talk to me you need to talk to me you need to talk to me because they don't they really don't okay what they're going through has nothing to do with you just allow them the space to work out their own emotions and feelings um don't make it about you do not scold them for their absence they cannot control what they're feeling and be extra empathetic to your friends whether or not you experience it you should be empathetic to them and understand that they cannot control it and they just need their time okay please and thank you so on to our next segment before we get out of here it is tender tales it's tender tales it's tender tales if that's on copyright it doesn't matter anyway it's tender tales it's tender tales i'm gonna remix that dragon tail song so i'm gonna get it we about to be lit up in here anyway so trigger warning again suicide is mentioned in this story um this kind of has to do with mental health but not a lot um i just kind of want to make you laugh a little bit but it's kind of horrible too at the same time but come laugh at my pain so we're gonna call this man manhattan because he lived there right so manhattan i think i believe was a year younger than me if not two or he was my age so he was in my age bracket ish um manhattan i had matched him on tinder and he messaged me and he approached me very flirtatiously um but we had two different upbringings you know he was a boarding school kid and i was a i ain't from the hood but i'm me okay that's all i need i'm me okay so he was very flirtatious um and we were, we were texting, like, all day, every day. What could you do? It was quarantine, you know? Um, so we finally had agreed to FaceTime, right? Because quarantine had nothing better to do. Might as well FaceTime me, right? So we agreed. And on the, these FaceTimes, like, it was cool, but I knew there was something missing. I knew I was just trying to pass the time of quarantine. Um, but he would, like, downplay his looks one minute. And I think he was the sexiest man alive the next. And I'll be doing the same thing too, but like it was in a sick way. Like we would be sitting there, he'd be like, Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm alright or whatever. And then we'd be talking for like another two minutes. Yeah, because you know I'm like the sexiest nigga alive out here. Like, what? Where do we go left, honey? Anyway. So we FaceTime for the first time and I just could not see myself with him. Like I was trying to see myself trekking to Manhattan one quarantine was over to be with this man and i just could not so it was good for when, when it lasted 
So, um, after our first call, he was like, oh, I'm looking forward to see where things go with us. Like, I'm really excited for us, and yada, yada, yada. So, one day, I noticed that he had blocked me on Instagram, but apparently he had deleted his Instagram, and he didn't say why he did. He just said he just wasn't in the mood for it. But for someone who didn't post on Instagram, like, what was it being toxic? He ain't post on it. He didn't post on his story. All he did was post pictures of him, his childhood self. Call it a day, right? Um, so I low-key started talking to someone else and then they piqued my interest just a little bit more. So I kind of wanted to drop Manhattan, right? So I started like fading away because I was tired of Manhattan. I was getting tired of him. Okay. Respectfully. So, um, one night I was on the phone with my friends. We had like weekly FaceTimes because of quarantine and we just needed to keep in touch. I get this long ass text from manhattan please trigger warning again suicide being talked about he goes hey um sorry i haven't been texting you lately um i just been haven't been feeling well um so i wanted to talk to you because i've come to the conclusion that um i don't want to pursue this anymore and i'm like as i'm reading this and i get there i'm like oh yes Brianna doesn't have to do anything because I was slowly starting to ghost him. So I keep reading and he's like, oh, because at the end of the day, um, I am I am planning on taking my own life in the future. And I would hate for us to be together and be happy for me to do that to you and, you know, ruin what could have been a beautiful experience so I don't think we should talk anymore I'm so sorry like I hope you find someone else yada 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 the rest of it but basically he said that he was suicidal and that he had planned on taking his own life and that he wasn't didn't want to be in a relationship right I'm like so I'm on the phone with my friends immediately I shut the fuck down I shut down because i've never had friends who've dab who've thought about who've had suicidal thoughts i've never been exposed to it i've heard of it i have been exposed to it but it was like a childhood person that i knew like i wasn't but i wasn't directly affected by it you know what i'm saying so to read that message like i was like what what who sends this so I felt like unintentional shit, you know? I just felt like doo-doo. Because I was like, what the fuck? Like, what do I do? What do I say here? Um, I sent him the suicide hotline. I was like, you know, you might just need someone to talk to. And he was like, no thanks, I've already made up my mind. Bro, I blocked him. And not because he was suicidal, but I didn't know if I was his outcry person. I didn't know anything like that. But, like, that shit had me so shook. Like, I didn't want to be there to find out that he had actually did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if we weren't together and I was planning on, like, ghosting him anyway, that shit scared the fuck out of me. And I'm a type of person, I'm an empath. And that shit I needed to be separated from immediately before I carried all of that on my shoulders. So, 
needless to say, I found him on Tinder uh, last year. I mean, I know he said future, but I didn't know how far into the future he was talking about. So, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to hell. Suicide is not funny. But um, I just want to say, like, I really, I'm not saying I really hope he was serious. But for you, instead of to be man enough and just say, hey, I'm really not interested anymore. To choose this route is old D, bro. That's old. That's old fucking D. That's old D. Like, okay. Okay. Um, I haven't been on Tinder um, in months. So I wouldn't know if he's still there. But I remember the last time in fall when I was on it, he was there. And I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Okay. That's enough of my shit today. Um, long story short, um, once again, as a reminder, please send me your scenarios. Nobody's sending me scenarios, so I'm trying to get in your business. So you can email it to me. You can send me a voice note on Instagram. You can DM me on Instagram. You can message me on TikTok. Shit, you can send me a Q&A on TikTok. You have fucking options. So please. Um, yeah, send me your q and D's. I'm gonna come up with a different name for it though because y'all are wildin' now. I guess OD. Um Thank you so much for listening to Thursday's RFT podcast. If you're watching the video, if you have a fire stick, you can pull up my podcast on Spotify on your TV. And so like I said, if you're listening to this love you so much thank you for listening thank you for supporting me at the end of the day um i've had my mental health issues with this podcast itself but this is this podcast has literally become therapeutic in a way and i appreciate you guys for being that window and that platform for me um if you're struggling with mental health um i encourage you to seek help i I would applaud you if you do like seriously seek help it is in your best interest i want everybody to be happy healthy love yourselves guys and that means and that means preserving yourself preserving your mental preserving your body um yeah so thank you for listening to thursday's r for tea come back next week for your cup full bye